Okay, everyone. Uh, welcome to a, another exciting Members Habura Shiur. Um, we have the privilege and honor of having with us Rabbi Berdugo for, um, he's closing off his series going on the Teshuvot of Chacham David Shelush. Um, uh, Rabbi Berdugo is a top-notch Tamir Chacham. It's an honor to have him. It's an honor also to call him a uh, friend. He's actually sitting right over here next to me. Um, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> Um, so today, I think it's a very important topic, the Teshuvot series, because it's one thing to talk about uh, the Sephardi, uh, you know, worldview and the Sephardi, all, all about it, but there's another thing to actually go through it and see, see it live, see how the Chachamim talked, how they thought, how they worked issues through, and um, I think it's a, an important topic and an important person that we have sharing with us. Um, as usual, all our classes are recorded, so you can you can go to the website, find out all the past yurim, and see the future ones. And um, if you have any questions, you can post on the chat box, raise your hand, and Bezrat Hashem, there'll also be time for questions at the end. Uh, with that, uh, the floor is yours. All righty, thank you so much, Rohan, appreciate that. Okay. So today's shiur is dedicated in memory of Hannah Sarabat Yitzchak, may her descendants continue to follow in the ways of Torah Mitzvot. So coming back to Rav David Shalush, as I mentioned in the first uh, shiur we gave, when he dives into a topic, he mamash dives in, and his tishuvot are not very short, as you will find with other contemporary party to scheme. His tishuvot are sometimes 20, 30, 40 pages, 60 pages on one topic. So in regarding Techelet, he has this around a 20-page teshuvah on it. Um, it. To go over the whole thing in one hour would be impossible. So I kind of just cut and paste from different snippets of his teshuvah. And also in order for it to be, to flow a little easier, I kind of changed some of the order. Um, so we're going to try to run through it. If you guys uh, take Adderall, I would suggest taking it now. We're going to do a little dafyomi, go to the sugiya, and see the halacha So without further ado, let's start. Hagdama. He starts off. Natiti. Oh, I have to share my screen for a sec. Mechila. Let's share the screen. Desktop. Share. Did you send the teshuvah to everybody? Yeah. Okay. So Ohad's going to send it to everybody as well. Uh, again, to make it easier, also I added uh, Nikudot. I put in a computer program in the case of Nikudot. Some of the Nikudot are wrong, it's just the computer program. Okay, so we're going to start. Natiti libi lahakol vilidrosh vibiur mitzvah Torah. So he says, Rav Shalush, that he desired to go in and clarify the mitzvah of Torah, which it says, Ve'asu lahem tzitzit al kantevik behem ledrotan, v'natinu atzitzit ganafi tzichelet, v'haya lachem tzitzit, v'ritem otu v'chatem ikom mitzvot adonai. So everybody's familiar with this pasuk, as we say it two to three times a day. And says Rav Shidu, she says, mikra. The simple understanding of this pasuk is Number one is you have to make uh, uh, strings on the corners of your garment, and they're white. And then you would add some fringes that are going to be blue, 
And then when you see both of these together, which means only once you see both of them together, you're going to remember all the mitzvot of Hashem. And without the techelet, says Rav Shilush, the simple pishat, you don't have the mitzvah. Like it says, Rabbi Meir Tanah, says, This is the famous ma'amar that Rabbi Meir says that the techelet, the blue dye, should remind us of the ocean. And the ocean reminds us of the sky. And the sky reminds us of the the kisei uh, akavod, the the chair of glory. And from this pasuk, we see that the mitzvah tzitzit is pretty much weighs as much as all the mitzvah of the Torah. And because of this concept that tzitzit is so important, and it, it equates to all the mitzvah in the Torah, that's the reason why we kiss it so many times, even more than tefillin, which is the Omnam. However, Rabbi Shana the Mishnah, we have the Tana Rabbi, he says, So Rabbi says, it's not like the simple Pesha, rather, Techelet, you can have techelet without the white strings, and you can have the white strings without the techelet. We'll see what I mean. And this is the halacha that the halachic authorities have decided to, to go like. And this is the minhag of all Jewish people that we hold that you can wear tzitzit without techelet. We will see that there's some opinions that didn't hold like that, but this is the general consensus. So now comes in Rav Shilush. He says, "Ha'orachayim leterusho ala Torah dikdek v'katuv." So the Orachayim, Chaim ben Atar, he has a specific inference he makes from the Torah. He says, "Va'asu lahim tzitzit le'dorotam v'natinu atzitzit aganafid etechelit." So why does the pasuk say le'dorotam by tzitzit, and then after it goes techelit? So he says, "Mizeh shekatuv le'dorotam be'emsa priti ha'mitzvah v'lo b'stof ha'mitzvah." Why does it have the Dorotam, which means for generations, going off only the, the, the specific mitzvah of the, the white stuff, the white strings, not the blue, not the techelet. And then it says, And it says that at the end. So he says, So he makes an inference saying that the white strings will always be around. That's why it says, for generations, by the white. But techelet, sometimes it's not going to be found. You can't use it. So therefore, says Rav Haimanatar, very interesting. He says, therefore, since you can't find it sometimes, there's not going to be a chiyub. So the Torah, it knew what was going to happen. It knew that we were going to lose the techelet. And therefore, sometimes you're not going to have a mitzvah of wearing techelet. And we're going to see that this this outlook of how the Orachayim is understanding Torah, it comes more from a mystical view, as we will see. I'm going to show you soon what the Arizal said. So Rav Shilush has a Pashtan. He comes from his Halakha is never going to base it off Kabbalah, at least what I've seen so far. He's always going with the simple Pishta, using the Talmud. He says, says, even if you want to say that Dorotam was written at the end, which means even including the Techelet, 
אין הכרח שתנהג לדורותם כשאי אפשר ‫שתנהג The stink that they used to have in the Beit HaMikdash, it also says the Dorotan. Ve'od rabim, there's countless amount of mitzvot that it has the Dorotan. And we don't find this chiluk, ah, the Dorotan means it's forever. No, there's some times that we didn't get to do the mitzvah. So don't think that there's not a mitzvah anymore. So the Kelvi Yadinu, so however he says, so he asked the question on the Orachayim, he says, that can't be a proper pshat. But he says, Kelvi Yadinu, she'en machina la derash. We have a rule. When somebody gets a derashah, You know, don't be the guy that stands up in the middle of shul and attacks the rabbi on his uh, peshat. He's giving a derasha, leave him alone. So he says, And even if we're going to accept this diktuk, let's say we can answer my question that Rav Shudish just asked on it. Which means, when there's no techelet around, the mitzvah is only with the white. We're not exempt to just forget about the mitzvah. We must try to find the techelet. So he's already coming with a school of thought is that, listen, every generation, we have to try to find it if we can. And just to go down, I put in the footnotes right here. I brought in the Ariza. The Ariza, which, which is Rav Chaim Vital, he quotes his Rabbi saying in Sharat Siktit and uh, Priyat Sadar, So this is very fascinating. It says the Ariza is that after the Horban Beit HaMikdash, we do not have the strength, we don't have the power to put on Techelet, to wear Techelet. Why? Right? I don't know these are Kabbalistic concepts, but he's saying that we can only reach to our, our intellect can only reach to the Bina de Ima, which you have Bina de Abba. There are all these different Kabbalistic levels of, of wisdom and knowledge you can reach. He says, we're limited nowadays because we don't have Beit HaMikdash. So this, in, in my opinion, is the reason why most, let's say, modern-day Sfaradim, and for over many, many generations, a lot of people weren't really looking for Techelet because of this Ariza, that there's no Beit HaMikdash. It doesn't really, you know, it's not really required for us to go and look to find the Techelet. And just to see the, uh, how, how far even some Poshim take it, the Divya Yoel, which is the Satma Rebbe, he actually says even further, this is a completely different school of thought than uh, the Habura Poshim would, uh, would ever think, uh, especially the Hochmi Andalus. So he says, he's going he's gonna to expand, expand upon what the Arizal says. He says, the reason is, like we said, Rebbe Meir, that it's all related to the Kisna Kavod, so pretty much Hashem. Once the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, you can no longer see the sky in clarity, in pure blue. Therefore, since there's no Beit HaMikdash anymore, we can't see... the clear skies anymore, and therefore there's no reason to wear Tehelet anymore because you can't see the sky anymore, clearly. So that's a very inter interesting shot. Again, he's 
he's, this is a different approach of Tzach uh, because he's using a, a Midrash, let's say, and applying it for Halakha Lema'aseh, which uh, even imagine, even to go so far, to exempt the mitzvah from the Torah. And uh, in Parashat Korach, the Satya Rebbe, again, in Divrei Yol, he asked, he asked a good question, because this is a, a question that everybody asks on Arizal. We see in our own rabbis in the Gemara, in Menachot, etc. If you open, anybody who learns the Gemara Menachot, they see that they were still wearing techelet even after Chorban Beit HaMikdash, by Cheney. So he says, the study, how does he answer this up? This is very interesting. The study, Klomar, Shehem Berob Kedushatam, Zachurirot Tarekia Betiharo, Derech Ananim Afar Chorban. He's saying that these rabbis were so very holy, and through their kiddushah, their great levels of kiddushah, they were still able to see the rikia, the sky, the firmament clearly. So that's a very. Just want to show you the two extremes of polarization of the two different school of thoughts. We have Roshelush saying, "Yalla, we have to find the tehelit. It's a mitzvah from the Torah. We're not bringing in different midrashim or kabbalah to exempt us from it." And you have the Sakhmir Rabbi saying, no, we don't have to, there's no chiyuv nowadays, and for interesting reasons why. Okay, so now let's go to the Gemara. So the Gemara, the famous Gemara Menachot, it says like this in Daf Lamed Het, I'm going to just read the underlined stuff that I read, that I uh, underlined. So there's a machloket, like we mentioned, Rebbe in Hachamin. Rebbe says, Rebbe, he says that from the Pasuk, it says, you have to see them, see it. That means you have to see both the tzitzit, the white, the levan, and the tzitzit. No, they do not withhold each other. And therefore, you can have one without the other. So the Gemara says, Why? What's the reason of Rabbi? It says, which means something that comes from the garment, an extension of the gar garment, which is just like the kanaf in, in, in general, it's white. So too, the string should be white. And then it says, And then after it says the white and the blue, it says you see it, which means you have to have both of them in one, which is the blue and the white. So they're active each other. The rabbis say, Oh, the hachamim say no. Means each one by itself. So you can see the white one and get the mitzvah, or you can see the blue one and get the mitzvah. So now the Gemara ends off. Who is the rabbi that argues with Rebbe? Because it says Rabbanan. Who are the Hachamim? So it says, Haitana, this rabbi. If you don't have Techelet, says Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri, you put on Lavan. You just wear white. And it's very important to emphasize, and we're going to see this the theme throughout the Teshuvah, is that it's only in lo if you don't have techelet, which means if you could have techelet, even hachamim mean, would, would imply that you need to have, you, you would have a mitzvah to wear both. Okay, now another Mishnah, or another Gemara. Again, this is in order to get us with the, the vocabulary and the concepts that are going to come up throughout the Teshuvah. So it says, Sadin tan rabanan, Sadin So let's say you have a, a linen garment, a linen shirt. And now you want to put tzitzit on it. And just some background information, when you're wearing techelet, the techelet string must come from wool. It has to come from wool. The way the hachamim learn it, it's a, it must be from wool. So therefore, what about pishtan? You're wearing linen shirt, and you're going to put some tzitzit on it with the techelet, and that means it has to be wool. 
And what's the problem? Sheanez, you're mixing linen and wool. So Beit Shammai, the school of Beit Shammai, they say, Patur, you do not have to wear uh, techelit or tziftit with, with the pishtan. Um, again, in here, I just brought on Rashi. Beit Shammai Patur, minatit, delo darshit simuchin lemishik ilayim bititzit. It's fascinating. We, the concept that we learn, mitzvah doche, ase doche lotase, that a positive commandment can push off a lotase, we actually learn it from tzitzit, from the fact that the pasuk of tzitzit is, is juxtaposed right next to the concept of, of uh, she'anez. So the hachamim learn that since they're samuch to each other, we learn that you can have one mitzvah push off the other mitzvah. So, however, Beit Shammai didn't learn like that. However, Beit, Beit Hillel, Beit Hillel, they did learn like that. So the Gemara says, the halakha is betilel. So pishtan, you have linen, you can put on strings with techeletan, which is wool, even though it's sha'anez, no problem. The mitzvah asik, which is after lotase. So how the Gemara says, though, says Rabbi Eliezer ben Sadok, how could the halakha be like betilel? We know that anybody who puts on techelet, Walking around Yerushalayim, again, we're talking about on a linen garment. You're one of the weird, extraordinary people, which means it's not a normal thing and people are going to be shocked about it. So, so if that's the case, if the halakha is like Beit Hillel, why did they make it asur in Yerushalayim? If it's minatamihin, if it's a weird thing to do, why is it asur? So the Gemara answers, because people, they're not so educated and they're going to think, oh, if I could wear linen with wool on my tzitzit, perhaps I can wear it all across the board, and they're going to start being over the isur of she'anez. So the Gemara says, well, we have an easy solution for that. For that. Let's go and expound upon this in public, in the public Beit Midrash, let everybody know the rumor is going to spread that it's only by tzitzit and not by any other things. So the Gemara says, that shikalayim b'tzitzit wutar. So the Gemara answers, no, gezera meshum kala ilan. There's a gezerah. Perhaps people are going to get this fake blue dye. What's kaleilan? It's, it's, it's sourced from a vegetable, and it looks like techelet, and people are going to be putting that on. And therefore, it says Rashi, you're going to be wearing kilayim, and there's no mitzvah, because you're not really, really wearing the techelet. You're wearing a fake techelet, a fake blue dye. But the Gemara answers, and this is very fundamental to remember this line, velo lavan. Who cares, says the Gemara, even if it is not the proper techelet, it should be just like white. And since it's only white, if it's like white strings, it's still, you have white strings from, lin from wool on a linen garment, it's still mitzvah ase, it's doche de lotase, so therefore you're still getting the mitzvah. So even if you're wearing the wrong fake techelet, you should still be okay, because we're just going to judge it like white strings. It, it, we'll pretend that the blue is not really blue, and therefore, it's going to be okay. So it says, I'm going to skip this to get to the end. In the end, the Gemara says, the reason why in Yushalayim they do not wear this type of tzitzit uh, with uh, pishtan, or, 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 or sorry, even with techelet on it, is because perhaps you're going to be wearing your garment at nighttime, and at nighttime, there is no mitzvah, because the mitzvah tzitzit, you have to see it. During the daytime, you have a mitzvah to see it. But at nighttime, there's no mitzvah. And therefore, there's not going to be the asidokhelotase. The positive commandment will not push off the negative commandment. And therefore, there will be no mitzvah. So one big story we learned from here is that even if you're wearing the wrong string, 
no problem. It's going to be like white and you don't lose out anything. So now um, let's skip this question here. Yeah, Rabbi Shalush asked a big question on this because it sounds like we have a stira. We have in one place, the hachamim are posek like there. We go like uh, Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri, which means techelit is not me'akev de lavan. But at the same time, we have halachat in a different gemara, which means in its mashma, from the fact that you have to be doresh, you have to be doresh, the juxtaposition between techelit and shanez, that means we must be talking about a case of techelit, because if there's no techelit, we don't need to have the acid of helotasek. Just make the garment, the strings out of pishtan as well. You can make strings for tzitzit, the white part, you can make it, make it out of linen. So why do we have to have the odirasha? So says Rav Shalush, that means the halakha sounds like techelit is me'akiv, and therefore you need to have both according to betila. So we have a stira. So he answers it up saying, let me read the, the, the last line. Here he says, so rather, he says, dafka kishenu techelit. So he says that when, when the, hacha, the halakha is like Rebbe, sorry, like hachamim, that it's not me'akiv each other, that's only when you don't have techelit. This is his chidush. But if you have techelit, then from the Torah, you must have both the white and blue strings. So Rav Shalush is saying that when the Hachamim said it's not Me'akiv each other, that's when you don't have the Techelet. But if you have Techelet, could be it's Me'akiv. And that kind of gets us in a big problem nowadays because let's say we do have a proper candidate for Techelet. It's not so fashion that you cannot wear Techelet. You may have a Chiyuv. According to the answer that Rav Shalush is giving, you have a Chiyuv to wear Techelet nowadays. And there's big posts that hold like that. The Rav Shechter from NYU, he actually holds like that. Fine. Says the Gemara Baba Metzia, another Gemara, very fascinating. So the Torah, of course, in Shema, talks about Yitziat Mitzrayim, the Jews left Mitzrayim, and it talks about Tzitzit. So it says, Ammar Hashem, Anihu Shihibhanti Bimitzrayim Bentipashin Bechol, Itipashin Bechol. Right? The Gemara expands upon many times why do you have Yitziat Mitzrayim by certain mitzvot. So he says here is that. Hashem, just like he knows the difference between who's a Bechor, what's that, that semen? Is it from a Bechor or is it not a Bechor? I'm also going to pay in the future somebody who is giving, is lending out money and saying, oh, this money belongs to a Goy. And also somebody who he, he dips his weights in salt and for somehow that would fluctuate the, the actual weight that people would think it is. And this is the very interesting Gemara for our sugya. And it says also in the future, I'm going to punish people who are putting on kale ilan, which is that fake vegetable dye, onto their garment, and they're saying it's techelet. Rashi. Rashi explains kale ilan, seva domele techelet. It's a dye that's very similar to techelet. In the Torah it says, and, and, and why do people fake Techelet? It's because Techelet, Rashi says, is very expensive and it would only come up from the ocean every once every 70 years. And therefore, people would fake it and put on the fake dye. And Hashem says, I'm going to punish those people. So, what exactly did this Gemara mean? So, says the Ritva, Ritva Tira, she says, how do you explain that Very fascinating. He says, 
that the problem that Hashem doesn't like is that you're putting on techelet and it's not really the techelet and you're showing the world, oh, I'm such a chassid, I'm a tzaddik. People are going to think, oh, he's very meticulous about tzitzit. That's explanation number one. Another one he gives, You're putting it on your garment to show people, hey, I'm a seller, I sell techelet, you want to buy from me? And the Rosh also explains like that. And says the Rashba, the Rikva, you're going to get punished the second you connect it to your garment in order to entice people to buy it from you, that you're going to get punished for that. So, so far, according to both of these Shafim, there's no problem for you as a person, as an individual, to put on Kale Ilal. Rather, you're saying, get a number one. It's because you're showing off that you're a Hasid and you're not. That's a problem. Of course, that which, which would mean that if you really have true intentions and you think it's a real tachelet, it wouldn't be a problem. Or number two, you're actually causing people to do an isur. You're being nichshol, you're lifna ivir. Why? Because people are going to put it on, and guess what? It could be kilayim. So that's the answers of the ritva. However, the tosavot, here we get a problem for all the people who wear tachelet and why some people are very machmir. The tosavot katbu, he says, what does it mean that you're gonna, Hashem's going to punish these people? Even though you get, you have, you, you did an isur because you're not wearing the mitzvah tzitzit, which means you're not doing an isur, but you're missing out, you're missing out the, the positive mitzvah. You're, you're pretty much wearing an, a begit without tzitzit now because you're putting on fake techelet. Nevertheless, we need this pasuk to tell us that the second you put it on, even if you weren't to wear it, because we protect that wearing tzitzit is a, it's a chiv on the person, not on the begit itself. So here the chidush is that you get in these stories even by not wearing it. The second you put it on, since you're coming to trick people, that's going to be a problem. So Rav, Rav Shalush is bothered with his answer. And he says, from the fact, the fact that the Tosafot said you're over on the mitzvah tzitzit, and they didn't say that you're going to be transgressing the issue of kilayim, that means we're talking about that you're putting on chutzemer, regular, regular wool with a begit that's wool. So strings of wool and the begit is wool. So there's no, why should there be a problem? Why are you going to be transgressing the issue of tzitzit? It shouldn't be any worse than white. Like, remember, we learned above, it should be just like white. If you're putting on the wrong color, you still get a mix of tzitzit. So he says, He's saying, you can't explain this post of thought like that we did for, like the, like the Ritva was explaining. Because he says, he says, he says explicitly, you're going to be over the mitzvah tzitzit, not kilayim or not selling to other people. Okay, so this, he has a problem with the Tosafot. And he says, he brings down, I saw the Pinei Yushua. He also had the same question. And he says, it doesn't make sense. Because, wearing wearing this fake dye, it's not worse than white. And you should still get the mitzvah. Like we learned before in the Daf Mem, that it's explicit that if you're wearing the wrong color, you get the mitzvah still. Therefore, he comes with a different answer, saying that it's a ramaut because you're that you're selling to other people, like we saw in the second answer of the Ritva. Okay, so so pretty much 
Rapshalush is very comfortable moving forward and completely ignoring the Tosafot, saying, and not ignoring it, but saying, I don't have any problem with wearing the wrong techelit because if it's going to be the wrong techelit, it's going to be like white tzitzit in the end. And that Tosafot that said you don't get the mitzvah tzitzit, that's, it's a problem. And he's very comfortable saying, that's not the halacha, and you don't have to be hoshesh for that opinion. Although there are now some poskim that do hold like that in the Tehillah controversy, and they are saying not to wear Tehillah because of this Tosafot. I've seen some poskim say it. Okay, so now to the Rambam. That Tehillah says the Rambam is posek alecha, eno me'akevet elavan, velavan eno me'akevet Tehillah. So the Rambam is posek like the Hachamim, that they're not me'akev each other. Kid said, haresh she'en lo Tehillah, osel alavan levad. So the Rambam says explicitly, when you don't have techelet, then they're not me'akev each other. So it's important to know the Rambam, throwing it out there. Now the Raza. The Raza is the Balameor of Zerahya Alewi. And he writes, fascinating, he learns it very different than the Rambam. He says, He says, when, when you have techelet, not having, not wearing the techelet on the laval is like not having an etrog with the lulav, right? We call the mitzvah lulav, right? But lulav, if you don't have an etrog and you don't have the hadassim, etc., you're not getting the mitzvah at all. So the balameor is saying it's all one, one uh, mitzvah. Ubizman azeh, so says fascinating, bizman azeh, nowadays, we don't have techelet in this time we didn't have. Says the Balame, or nowadays, anybody who wears tzitzit, you're only getting a misa de rabbanan. That's the reason. You're only getting a misa de rabbanan. You don't get the misa de oraita because we don't have techelit. And he also writes that this is a data itur as well. The itur as well, he brings down that techelit bo kehadas ve'arava shebilulav. Shnikra hakol lulav. He says explicitly, it's the same concept as a lulav that you need to have the hadas, the arava, all together in one, in the etrog. So two shitot. Nevertheless, already Rabbi Shalush said in the beginning that the halakha is not like these opinions. So now we want to know what's the color of techelet. So we'll kind of skip through this a little fast. The, there's, believe it or not, uh, he writes down, he says, just like the, uh, the, the, how important the techelet is, there's so many different opinions of what color the techelet is. Right? So he says, some bring down that it's a gold purple. Some say it's indigo, which is a very dark jean blue. Others say it's a very light blue. Some say it's actually uh, uh, green. You have every color under the rainbow. You have different posting says. And again, I was very brief here. He actually goes through all the different shitot in his teshuva. In the end, he goes with this. He says, So he says, in the end, I'm going to go with the, accepting the, the peshat of the Rambam. Right, he gives a praise to Rambam. He says, the Rambam is the rabbi that took on the responsibility. He put on his shoulders the giant task of, of uh, codifying the entire Torah. I thought this is important to know. He's, a, he's saying that making the Mishnah Torah, the Yat Hazakah, is a bigger job, was a bigger conquest than just making the perush and shas. It's much harder to do what the Rambam did than to do, for example, what the Rif did. So he looked into the Talmud Bavli, the Yushami, the Midrashim, 
and he says she uposek lefamim al pm. Sometimes he's posek midrashim or different tosefta to beraitod neged the babli. He had all these in calculation in mind. Vera od ele shelefana avdigru kol habure ageonim uperushem shirubam ayu divrei kabbalah mipir abotenu zechoni bracha. And not only that, the Rambam. He had all the works of the Geonim, which not a lot of Rishonim had, but he was in that school that he had access to all the, the different shitot uh, of the Geonim. So he's, Rav Shadush is saying, I'm very comfortable going with the opinion of the Rambam. So he says, Rambam, So he says, the Rambam, it's clear that the, the color of Techelet is on one side, it could be like the clear sky, the clear blue sky, when, it's, uh, when the sun is, you know, fresh, when it's, uh, the sun is shining on it. At the same time, it's, it's notim l'shachor, it's very close to black. If you read the Ramam, you can get this dikduk. So, Halakha says, Rav Shadush, it seems like, the color of the tehil, it should be very dark blue, almost like black. Oh, Michila, I think I skipped something. Uh, okay, I missed something when I... What the... Michila, what this... I, what I just read, this was not the Rav Shalush, this was all Rav Herzog. He's quoting Rav Herzog for all this. So Rav Herzog was saying why we should go like the Rambam. He saw the different chief thoughts, and he was very comfortable going with the Rambam. However, and now he said, the Rav Herzog said that according to the Rambam, the color should be dark blue. However, says Rav Shalush, sorry, I skipped that out when I cut and paste here. Says, so however, Rav Shalush says, Rav, Rav Herzog's words don't seem, don't seem right. He's saying, we can't, we're going to, the Rambam himself is very satum. We don't really know exactly what he's saying. But let's learn it from his son, Rabbeinu Avram ben Rambam, who anyways learned most of his Torah from his father. This is actually a very important story that he's teaching us, is that when we don't know where to go in the Rambam, look at his son. If you can find him in his son's work, that's also pretty much, it's going to be, you can rest assured, that's pretty close to being the Rambam, although he does argue a few times on his father. He says in his Perushan Torah, so the, the Rabbeinu Avram is saying that you have two spectrums of the Tehillit, that it could be from very dark blue all the way to very light blue. He brings down Arabic, what does it mean? So he means, So he I'm not going to translate each word, but pretty much he's saying you have these two extremities and any color within this spectrum is going to be okay. So according to Rabbi Avraham and Aram, the way he learns his father, it's not so bad. You know, you, you're going to be okay as long as you're within the blue, you know, within the blue spectrum, you're fine, whether it be light blue or dark blue. Actually, if you see the modern Etachelet, sometimes they dye it, it's much darker and sometimes it's lighter. It's all going to be okay according to the Rambam. So he argued on Rav Herzog on that. So now the question is, where do we get uh, this color to make the techelet? What animal is it? So he writes down, when they lived on their land, the Jewish people, the Jewish people, they would get the, the, the techelet from a certain animal. We're going to see what that is. The hilazon. And that would come in the portion of zibulun. 
right? Uh, it says uh, there's a famous Gemara Megillah. Amar Zibulun you gave my brothers a lot of land. And for me, you just gave me some rivers, some uh, small oceans and rivers. So he says, don't worry, everybody's going to need you in the future. Why? Because you're going to have tekhilet there. You're going to have the tekhilet, the hilazon is going to be there, and you're going to have plenty of money. So don't worry about it. Um, there's a big question on this that everybody asked, that uh, if you look at a map, I brought it at the bottom of this document. If you look at the map, this is art school. I just took a picture today in art school. Zibulun, they don't, they're not close to the ocean. It's Asher or it's Dan who have the water. So if you can answer that, good luck. It's also, this map is based off the Yoshua where it actually explains, uh, in, in the Sefer Yoshua, it explains the portions exactly where they got. So the Gaon de Vilna, he actually extends Zibulun like a little strip of land going to the ocean. But okay, that's a side question. We won't get into that right now. Uh, food for thought. You can answer on the Habura. Chat, what's it called? Discord. Discord, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and Oad will uh, will give you ten dollars. Okay. So, okay. So now he asks a good question. In in the uh, when the Jews were in the Midbar, where did they get the techele to do it? Where, where was that from? They, they weren't living on uh, the land of Zebulun. There, they didn't have. They weren't in Israel to get the techele. So where did they get it from? So he brings down from the Radbaz, we'll fly, fly through this a little bit. And he brings down that, yes, it was there in Zebulun. And when in the Mishkan, the Maasei Mishkan, but when they were building the Mishkan, and of course they had a, there's Pechelet in the Mishkan, as well as wearing for the Tzitzit, and they were high up for Tzitzit when they were in the Midbar. So they would get the Pechelet from the Yamsu. Because it's very close distance between Harsinai and the Yamsuf. They would catch the techelet, the chilazon, the snails there. Or sorry, I skipped snails, that's according to one opinion. But they would catch this animal. So he says, it's possible that nowadays it's around. We just don't recognize what is the chilazon. Or maybe we know what it is. Perhaps some people do know what it is, which is interesting. It's just we don't know how to catch it. It's a little tricky to catch and we don't have the technique to catch it. Okay. Um, and let me just read the last line. Oh, and he says, fascinating, he says, nowadays perhaps we don't even need to get the techelet, the goyim at least. Nobody in the world is trying to get techelet because we have certain dyes that are synthetic or from vegetables and they last and they stay just as well as the chilazon would. So therefore, even the goyim don't desire to use the chilazon anymore as a blue dye. Um, okay, I'm just going to go to his answer. He has a, a few questions on, on the Radbaz. He says, first of all, the Jews in the Midbar, going to, to, from Sinai all the way to the Yamsuf, it's around 50 uh, um, kilometers. So it's pretty far. And there you have Makom Nahasharaf, you have scorpions and snakes there, and they would have the Anani Akabo there to protect them in there. So, therefore, they wouldn't go all the way just to get to the Khalid and bring him down. He says that's a struck. He doesn't like that answer. Um, right? They're not going to go endanger themselves to go Laksud Hilazonot, the Khalid Therefore, he, he has a shot. He's saying that when the Jewish people were leaving Mitzrayim, they knew that they were going to be a glorified people. They saw Yosef Tzadik was a you know honorable Jew. They're going to go back to being an honorable people. So they actually would go and collect the tachelet that they had in Mitzrayim, the dye, 
And they just took it with them to the Midbar and they had that to use when they wanted to make the Mishkan as well as use it for the Tzitzit. So that's his own little answer, food for thought. So he says, how would they make and produce the dye of Techelet? So he says, this is the Rambam. I think, uh, yeah, I'm quoting the Rambam. So how do you do it? So the way you would do it is you would take the wool, you would soak it in lime, and that would be, I guess, a way for it to absorb better or clean it as well. And then you would wash it off very well until it would be completely clean. And then, and you would wash it in a certain ahala as a bleach, some type of chemical. So you make it very white and clean, ready to absorb the techelet. And he says, this is what they would do. He says, he says they would do this so that these were, the, these were the ways that the makers would do, the dyers would do in order for it to absorb the dye properly. This is important. We would bring, says the Rambam. Again, remember, Rav Shalush is going with the Pshat of the Rambam, just like Rav Pesach went as well. They would bring the, the blood of this animal. So it says, first of all, it's a fish. The word dag, we'll see what that means. Which has the same appearance, similar appearance to the actual blue dye. So this fish, this dog, has to look similar to the, to the dye that it produces. The damo, which means the techelet, which means the final dye, not the blood. The damo, because the blood, the blood of this fish is actually black. So it's fascinating. The outside of the fish is blue, like the color of techelet, the final product. But the blood that we're using to make the dye is actually black. When he says, and it's going to be found in the Yamamelach, it doesn't mean the Dead Sea, because since the Rambam, he explained, the Rambam was living in, in Mitzrayim, they would call, and therefore you had the Nile River there, which is sweet water, so therefore they call any ocean Yamamelach, and salty waters is ocean. And then, so afterwards, they would put this blood into a big pot and put some chemicals into it, some type of chemicals in it. For example, camonia. I don't know what camonia means. I don't think it's camel meal, something. Are the similar, just like they would do back in the old days. And boil it up and then add the tzemer, the wool to it, until it becomes ke'enrikia. And now you're going to have some chemical reaction and it becomes blue. That's how you get the tzitzit. So says Rev Shalush, This is very important because we're going to see this creates a problem for the modern day Murek Strokolist Techelet where he says, he says the komnia, this chemical and the samanin that they would put, it wasn't in order to lichbos at semer, to wash and clean the semer, rather they would, after they already cleaned the semer, they made it nice and fresh, they would then add this, this, uh, the komnia and the samanim. So he says, it was in order to brighten the color of the black dye of the chinazon. Because it was black like dyo, like dye. To make it into like the first explanation of Tosafot in the Gemara, he explains as well that these things were added in order to make it lighten up from its blackness to turn blue. 
So he says, his words are clear. So we don't have to explain this. He says, So now he's attacking Rav Herzog again. Because the Rav Herzog, he explains the Rambam like this. He says, Rav Herzog says, opposite what he just said, and opposite of the simple explanation of the Rambam. He's saying that all these da- these chemicals were added, the Samanim were added in order for in order to clean the semer again, in order for it to absorb, have better absorption powers. But according to the simple Pshad of the Rambam, and the way that Rav Shadush explained the Rambam, is that no, these things were added to actually change it from black to blue. Okay, so that's a very important yesod because we're going to see that has nafkaminat in the different candidates of Tuchelet today. And now, in Perush Vishayot as well, we don't have to get into this so much, but he says something very fascinating. The Rambam Perush Vishayot, I actually, I think he's using the Rav Shilat version. I checked it up, Kapach version as well. Same, similar words, because again, these both of these, the, they're translating from the original Judeo-Arabic that the Rambam wrote the Mishnah, the Perush Vishayot in. So he says, The Rambam says, Nowadays, we don't have the techelet. Because we don't know how to dye it. Very fascinating, he says. It's not because we don't know which animal it is, but we don't know how to dye it. Because not every type of, you know, blue dyed wool is the techelet. It's a certain type of dye, blue, that we don't know how to do it nowadays. And therefore, we just do white. We just wear white. So he says, explains the, the Rambam, Perush. He says, He's explaining the Rambam The reason why we don't wear techelet in the Rambam's time is because we don't know how to do it. We don't know, in his days, we didn't know how to make it in a dye that will last and not fade away. So that's why it's better to do it white than to make it blue, uh, sorry, to make it uh, blue, and it's not going to stay blue. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fade away. He asked, and then what's going to happen? It's going to start fading away, and everybody's going to have different colors of strings. It's going to be super, super, super light blue, and that's not a proper blue on the spectrum that we said before. And therefore, it's not going to be domit to the ocean and similar to the sky and to the kisekabot. So therefore, they just will wear white. So this is very interesting. The way he's learning the Rambam is that they just didn't have the technology to make the dye stand blue, stay blue, or make it blue and remain blue on the garment. And again, he says now, and this is not like Rav Herzog, again, for, uh, he attacked, this is the third time he's attacking Rav Herzog. It's not like the Rav Herzog how he explains the Rambam. Why? Because he explained, because uh, he says, because we don't know how to do the proper dyeing, uh, the technology, use the proper technology. This is what Rav Herzog says. Rather, he's learning the Rambam is that the, since the Chehelet is only kosher if it comes from the Chilazon, and we don't know which animal is the Chilazon, consequently, therefore, we don't know how to die the Chehelet. So he added in a lot of words into the Rambam that we just read. Rav Shalush is saying no. The Rambam is not leaving a simple pshat. The Rambam just said, we don't know how to, we don't, he never said we don't know which animal it is. Rather, he's saying we don't have the technology to make it last. So that's a very fascinating Rambam that we'll see comes, uh, is important for later Hidushim that he has.
Um, right. So then he asked the question: Is there a certain animal that's called the tachelit? Is there? Does it have to be a specific animal? So he says, It says that we bring the blood of the chilazon. So he says it doesn't say hachilazon. It just says chilazon. He says, "Velo yiskara etshem chilazon." V'chem mizeh shaf echad ve'aposke. He says, and also the fact that the poskim of shas and the rishonim they didn't really tell us what is the animal called for the chilazon. The Rambam never told us what's the chilazon. So therefore, mash mash she'ena chilazon miyuchad b'yiminos sherak b'medamo mutar le'afik atechilah le'tzitzit. That's it's it's implied that it doesn't have to be a specific type of chilazon in order to extract the dye from. Rather, any time you have an animal that fits to this criteria that the Ramam gave, which means it looks, its body is similar to the the techele, the color of techele, and it's it's black, its blood is black, and you can make a seva that's going to stay strong, that's going to be enough for to, the mitzvah of techele. I have a few questions on this because it's true that it's not so true because a lot of the, the Rishonim, they do tell us what is a specific animal. They actually give in French, the Haruk gives different names, everybody's different names, but okay. So he says, now this is, I think, the, the most interesting Peshat of this entire Teshuvah. He says, does the Techelet have to actually come from the Damkilazon? So this is, you're going to see the Koah of Rav Shalush. Omnam. We have to actually do some research and see, do you have to have techelet only from the chilazon, from the blood of this, of this animal? Or perhaps we can use it from any other material as long as the dye will stay strong and not fade out. So he says, first of all, from the Rambam, it's hard to understand. It's, it's, uh, it's not going to really work out so well because the Rambam's posek, he says, anybody who does not dye it with this specific dye, it's going to be pasul for the titi, which means you don't get the mitzvah, the way at least I'm understanding it. You're not going to get the mitzvah of the chilet. Even though you have the same color of the rikiyah, and this, says Rav Shalush, is explained even more in the Tosefta. Techelet en keshera ela min achilazon. The Tosefta says explicitly, Techelet is only kosher if you get it from this animal, the chilazon. Shelo min achilazon pesula. And if it's not from the chilazon, you don't get the mitzvah. Uperush Rabin Rabram ben Rambam, the Rambam's son as well, he says, Utzviato bedam chilazon lo bezulatan. You have to use it from the chilazon and not from anything else besides the chilazon. Right, and he says, uh, he, he's, he's pretty much popping the same, the source of what he's saying is from this Tosefta that, that we just read, and similar to what his father said as well. Okay, and then he says also, if you want to bring the, uh, the Mikubalim that they have from the Orechaim as well, that Midata this and Midata that, that, that it should come from the Chilazon. But nevertheless, says Rav Shadush, this is his answer. Ta'al panim. You can argue with the Rambam, you can argue with what they're saying, and say 
that the only reason why they would use the Khilazon is because of a mitziut, of an actual fact that the dye from the Khilazon would not fade away. It was a good quality dye. And that's what the Tosefta says. He said, let's learn it differently. If it's not from the Khilazon, it's Pasul. Any techelet that is done from vegetables, like to say the kaleilan that the Hamim said it's asur, it's going to change colors. It's not going. It's going to fade away. It's not going to be a good quality dye. And he says beautiful. Perhaps Rebbe Yehuda Anasi he also learned. He understood the tosefta the way I'm explaining it. That's why he didn't bring this down. It was a tosefta. He never brought this into the Mishnayot. He never brought these words. Because perhaps the halakha is, is that even if it doesn't come from the animal, the chilazon, it's going to be kasher for tzitzit, as long as it doesn't fade away. And Rabbeinu Avram, that he says, lo bezulato, like uh, like the Kabbalah says, where the Rav, Rav Abram says that this is the that we got from the Tosefta. Uh, sorry. That he's, if, if, he's, he's, he has intention in mind, the Tosefta that we brought above. It says Rav Shalush, the same way we're explaining the Tosefta, we're going to explain his words. It's not because you have to make it explicitly from the Hilazon. This is beautiful. It says the Torah doesn't say it has to come from the Hilazon. Nowhere in the Torah does it have the word Hilazon. All the Torah says is Tehillit. Simple Peshat. You want to go the Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra style on the Torah, on the, on the Torah? It doesn't say what animal has to come from. We don't find anywhere that the Hachamid even wrote Techelet has to come from Chilazon. Nowhere. You know, the Rambam, for example, in Perish Mishnayot, he brings down, I think he lists 30 different Halachot he doesn't bring Techelet that has to come from the Chilazon. Nowhere in Shas does it bring down that Techelet has to come from the Chilazon. Right? So therefore, it's not a halakha le Moshe Mitzinai. Ella, so he says, The only reason, says Rav Shalush, is that it has to come from the Chilazon is because that was a dye that wouldn't change. It was a high-quality dye. And he says, and that's specifically the reason why it's going to be asur to use kaleilan because it changes. In those times, historically, they could only use dyes from hilazon in order to make a blue dye that won't fade out. It's actually beautiful what he's saying because the Gemara actually gives two different tests. You have, I think, the test of Avitak, we have the I forgot which other rabbi. There's, the rabbis give tests. How do you know if it's real techelet or not? The rabbi himself is posek. How do you check to see if the techelet is really techelet or kaleilad? And if it passes a test, they used to put very like fermented urine and all these different materials in it to check to see if it's real. And 
if it actually passed the test, it would mean that's kasher, and you can have hazaka, that's kasher tehillit. So he's bringing a beautiful pshat. That's the only reason, because the kaleilan, vegetable dyes back then, would not stay. So he says, this is fascinating. Our days, in our days. That we can actually make the blue dye and it won't change. Even the red bus says that in his times they already had this. It's going to be, perhaps it's going to be mutar. What about the pshat in the pasuk about zebulun that they're going to have the chilazon there and everything? He's saying, don't worry. That was a derasha for its time. But now, technology updated, and they don't have that beracha anymore. And perhaps when the Mashiach comes and they go back to the land of Israel, they're going to have other special stuff. Maybe they're going to have gas there in the in, in the Zibulun, and therefore they're going to get rich that way. So he's saying fascinating that could be mikaradin. You don't have to have, nowadays, you don't have to use the chilazon for the techelet. You can get the mitzvah deoraita using a synthetic dye as long as the dye is not going to fade and will pass the test. Okay, because we're short on time, if you guys mind if we go another 10 minutes? Uh... That's okay. Anybody wants to leave, no problem. Okay, so he has he has a few good questions regarding tehillit in uh, the Beit Hamikdash, right? Because we said in the Mishkan as well, it had to come from the Chila. They were using they have blue, of course. They have tehillit. It's where it talks about tehillit. So he asks a very interesting question. The Rambam, it's actually the question of the the Mishnah Lamele. The Rambam in Hilchot Beit Hamikdash and Kliyam Mikdash, he doesn't talk about the Chilazon. He talks about tehillit. He talks about the color of the tehillit, but he doesn't talk about what color, what what source it has to be sourced from? So the Magid Mishnah says the Mishnah the Melech he says oh the Rambam he was so meh he was relying on what he said in Halachot of Sitzi. Rav Shalush she has a beautiful chiddush she's saying no by the Beit Hamikdash by the big day Kohanim that they also had to wear the Kohen Gadol not the Kohen Gadol the regular Kohanim no Kohen Gadol they would wear it from it had to be from Techelit certain things had to be from Techelit. So how come the Rambam didn't bring down the Chilazon there? So he says beautifully he says. In my humble opinion, the Raman only by tzitzit you need chilazon. Because you need to have tzitzit, they have to make sure that the strings they're not going to fade away. So you need to have a good dye, the chilazon. However, but that's not the din by techelet of bide kohen mishkan in the for the clothing of the kohanim and for the utensils of the mishkan. These things, it doesn't have to be, you know, a dye that's going to be permanent. You can do all these synthetic dyes or uh, vegetable dyes. And he says, what's the, what's the reason? Beautiful. He says, there's a mitzvah that all the bigadim of the Kohen, as well as the stuff of the Beit HaMikdash, they have to be in the Kalim of the Beit Hamidash, they have to be clean and white, and they would never wash them. Avat tzitzit, however, tzitzit, that shikolada mechabes bennet he's always, you know, clean, he's washing his garments, garments get dirty, especially if you're wearing tzitzit as undershirt. In order, Hamim said, we don't want the color to change. We don't want the color to change. Velo uh, and therefore, it's going to weaker in the shell. Therefore, by the by the strings of the tzitzit, you need to have a permanent dye. So, by the Beit Hamikdash, says Rashulish, you do not need to have techelit that comes from hilazon. Only by the tzitzit of a person. Uh, okay. Then he goes. He says, 
he praises the Radzina Rebbe. For anybody who doesn't know, the Radzina Rebbe, Rabbi Gershon Hanuk Leiser, Leiser, he actually went and he wrote many books on, on finding the Techelet, and he made it his goal, one of his life missions, to go and find the Techelet. And in the end, it was a cuttlefish. We'll look at a few pictures of the different styles. So he says, all these ta'anot, all these claims that they made against him, even he was one of the Gedolim, and many big poskim, believe it or not, even wore his Techelet in Europe. All the claims that he makes, they're not good claims. Right? He talks about, for example, we don't know the proper color. He says it's not a problem. We know the color close enough. And again, if it's not the right color, no worries. It's going to be like the white. Also, what about you know, you're not allowed to do different things that the community is doing. Is that an Isur, maybe? So he says, that's not the, there's no Isur when you're wearing Tefillet. He says, because, you know, many people, they wear two Tefillin. So what, you're going to say Lotit Godidu if most of the Tibor wears two, one Tefillin and one guy wears two Tefillin? He says, nobody's saying that's Lotit Godidu. And he says a beautiful story. He says, Pashutu barur Anytime an individual or a tibur, a bunch of people, they want to actually take upon a, a stringency upon themselves, of a specific mitzvah, you can't say, oh, you're not following the minagam at home. All the more so that when you want to actually, you want to do the, the, the mitzvah of Tehillim with Tzitzit and, and, and therefore fulfill a mitzvah from the Torah, we're not going to say Lotit Godidu. There's a clause also, he doesn't bring it, but the Gaon de Vilna as well, for he held that you should work Tehillim all day. So he said, ah, what about this? Lotit Godidu, it looks like you're being all pious and everything. He says, by mitzvah from, from the Torah, we don't say these things. Not a problem. You want to do mitzvah the Oraita? 100% go for it, and there's no problem, Lotit Godidu. And he says, also, he says, as his theme is very uh, quite often, he always holds that the rabbis should really get together and make the Sanhedrin again. At least, also, he says, in regards to Tehillit, let's all get together, all the hachamim, and decide which is the proper Tehillit. And again, if it's not the right one, who cares? It'll, it'll be just like the white ones. And um, let's see. Oh, and then about the claim that, oh, what do you mean? All the earlier generations, they didn't work Tehillit. He brings down, he has a whole lot of of showing why. He has beautiful proofs of that. They actually banned Jews from doing Tehele. They banned Jews from wearing certain colors, etc. throughout the, the, uh, the generations. So therefore, he, that's, he ends off like this. He says, It's proper to go and investigate, to find the proper Tehele. And the Jewish hachamim. They should make a decisive decision. Even, even if they make a mistake, not a problem. He said, there's not going to be any halakhic problems that come out of it anyways. This is important. He says, and much further than the loss that we're going to have, we're going to have a much greater benefit. We're going to do the mitzvah of, of tzitzit according to the proper halacha. And not only that, somebody who has the ability to work techelet and he doesn't work techelet, he's missing out on a mitzvah techelet. And like it says, the punishment of not wearing white is worse than techelet. Why? Why? You have a king. 
that he says to two of his servants. One of them, he says, go bring me a stamp that's made from clay. And the other servant, he told them, go bring me a stamp, a hotam, that's made from gold. And both of them, they were negligent and they didn't bring him what he wanted. Who's going to be worse? The one who it's, who it's easier for the teeth, the one that could have made it out of clay. Okay, the guy with the gold one, that was hard to get, so he has a good excuse. But the guy with the clay, it's right in front of you. You should have done it. So, so too, the Gemara is saying, somebody who doesn't wear white strings on his tzitzit, that's a bigger punishment because it was right in front of you. Everybody has white, so everybody knows how to get the white strings. However, the blue is not so common. However, the mashmaut is that we still get punished for not doing the blue tzitzit. This is actually, I was talking to somebody who was uh, more into the Kabbalah, and they said that there's no mitzvah based off the Arizal nowadays. I say, you see the Ramban, if you're going to go with Pshat of the Bavli and not face of Kabbalah, which is a big machoke. Do you go by Kabbalah? Do you go by Pshat? The Pshat of this Rebbe Meir, which the Ramban actually is He brings this down, yeah, that the punishment of, techelet, of not wearing Techelet is not as bad. Mashma, that we still get a punishment and we still do have a Chiyuv to look for the Tzitzit nowadays, for the Techelet nowadays. Okay, and then just to end off a couple more minutes, I just want to show you the different candidates that the Poskim had. So from the Ramban, I think from Rav Shalush, it's very hard to say that it's the Murex Trunculus, which is this animal. This is the, if you go to the, the, the Petir Techelet, I think their website is techeletechelet.com, right? This is the most common Techelet sold nowadays. It's the most expensive of the all different candidates as well. And this is the Murex Trunculus. The problem with this one is, number one, its blood is not, is not black, like the Ramam clearly said. Um, it doesn't look like a dog. Right, so they they answer all these things in different ways, but it's it's still I think that's in my humble opinion, it's very hard to to actually you know make it fit properly with the simple pashat. If you want to be a simple pashtan and not go through all this beautiful, it's really hard in my opinion. Uh, according to the Rambam, a ninety nine percent the mu trunkalist, it does not fit with the Rambam. So if the Rambam is your posek, you know they have to say that maybe the Rambam didn't know uh, because he didn't have the tehillit anyways at his time. But Rav Shalusha in Rav Petzog as well. They're, they're, they're basing that the Rambam had a clear misura of how, what the Tehillet was and how it would be extracted. So this is Muir Trunkless, right? The Rambam himself says, Right, two things, that the, the fish has to look like the color of the Tehillet and it has to be, the blood has to be black. So that's number one. This was, so but this is the modern Tehillet and you see this is how they dye it. That doesn't look like black to me. Um, the other one, this is Janthina, I think you pronounce it. This is actually what Rav Herzog thought was the proper Tehillet. Yeah, at first he thought it was a, the, the Muir Strunkalist, but he wasn't able to extract the blue dye from it. And I think in the 1980s, uh, they extracted the blue dye from it, uh, and they claimed that you just needed sunlight from it. However, uh, there's, I think, Professor Corin, he actually, he, he really has a fight with these guys, with the, the, the Tehillet people. I hope nobody here on this chat is from the Tehillet group. But uh, actually, on the, on the, what's it called again, the, our chat? On the Discord, I'll send you guys a 30-page essay that a good friend of mine wrote, proving why the Muir Strunkalist is not the Tehillet. Um, but uh, so the Rav Herzog thought it was a Gentina. And the Gentina actually is it's a beautiful snail. It actually is more Dome to the Yam. Okay, it's not a fish, but it's more similar. Um, it's actually fascinating. It doesn't stay on the bottom of the ocean. It makes these bubbles, these like very hard, uh, um, let's say mucusy bubbles, and it floats with the bubbles. And if the, the bubbles all pop, it actually falls to the, the ground and it dies. It can't defend himself. So supposedly, I think they extracted some blue dye from this. And this is Rabbi Herzog. He wrote his thesis for his doctorate 
for whatever university it was. And he held that this is the proper tefillet. I think he claims that he got blue dye from it. Um, there's also another, okay. And then the, the Red Zinner Rebbe, he said it's the common cuttlefish, this cuttlefish. The cuttlefish is actually a very fascinating uh, fish. Actually, the uh, Fila Rambam, it fits a lot more than all the other candidates because number one, I would call this a fish more than a snail. Um, you, have, you, have, you have to catch it, like the, the, the Radvai says, you have to catch it. You know, by snails, you don't have to catch it. So uh, the New York Strunkalist uh, uh, people, they have all these answers of what does it mean to catch the, 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 the Chilazon. But here you actually have to catch it. And on top of it, what's fascinating, how is it Domeliam? It's similar to the ocean because it actually becomes um, invisible. It comes, it's camouflaged. You have to watch some videos of the cuttlefish. It's fascinating on YouTube. It, it actually becomes clear before it attacks. So it becomes invisible. And another crazy thing, it actually has eight tentacles, which is like uh, eight tzitzit, or the, the eight strings of a tzitzit. That's another cute thing, but it's fascinating. The Radzina Rebbe thought it was this. Rev Herzog has the whole time against them that, no, it, the blood, actually you can see pictures here, it's black, so that does fit with the Rambam. It's actually the ink uh, deposited in its, uh, in, uh, in its sack. So it's actually black. But uh, Rav Herzog said is that you just add some iron filings to it and it turns blue. And that could actually happen with any type of, of, uh, of dye. If you take even ox blood, I think he said, you can add some iron filings to it. What the chemist actually helped the Rezina Rebbe create this blue dye from it and it'll turn blue. So they say, no, that can't be the Tehillet. However, from the Rambam, it doesn't sound like a problem because the Rambam held, like Rav Shabu says, it has to be black. It, the dye has to be black, and it's only the chemicals that make it blue. So, it sounds like, according to Rambam, this is a better candidate than all of them. Um, okay, we saw that already. And then, actually, I, I can send you all the Hebrew, uh, on Hebrew books, you can find this Sefer of Rav Itchi Meir Morgenstern. And he's a, a very Hashub rabbi, very Haredi rabbi in Yerushalayim. And I, in my opinion, he has one of the best works on Tehillit. And he goes through and through. And he also held that the New York Strunkalist, for beautiful proofs, is not the real Tehillit. And he said, but maybe Bidi Avad, it could work pretty much with the same Peshat that Rav Shalouf said, that even if it's the wrong one, perhaps the synthetic dye, it could be okay. In the end, though, he says, actually, it's very interesting. He says that he thought the actual proper Tehillit is what Rav Herzog thought, which is the Gentina. All righty, guys, if there's any questions, or uh, I know it's very late, I'm sorry I held you back, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Rob. That was extremely insightful. Um, if uh, anyone has any questions, they can raise their hand or unmute, feel free. I think there's also in the chat box, maybe there's a few comments. I have a question uh, for me. Okay. Um, the Ramam says in, in Perig Bet, Oh it says uh, <laughs> it says yeah. and, and I haven't seen any ridziner, you know, the, the cuttlefish. Okay. Most of them that I seen they bleed. Okay. Um Okay. Um oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a good question. Um so I, actually, I have both I have all the different types of uh Tehillit strings. I actually today I put on the Redziner ones. <laughs> I'm wearing the Redziner right now. Um, and I've been wearing these for years and they don't fade at all, actually. Um, it's a, it, it, they had different technologies. People are trying to help them. There's a Rabbi Michael Bargon. 
who is a friend of mine. And he actually went to the Rezinner factory. He actually has an excellent video proving why the Rezinner Techelet is the proper Techelet. Um, and he gave them certain techniques to help them with their dying process. As you see, there is a certain umanut. You have to have a certain expertise in making sure the dye can absorb properly. Um, so it, does, it, uh, it doesn't fade so much. It's true. Maybe it does fade a little bit more than the Muir Trunculus. Michael Baron, he actually brings down from uh, a few different uh, Rishonim that held that when they were giving their tzitzit, the tzitzit to the launderer, they would actually you know, have to cover it or make sure that it doesn't get ruined. So it's much more that the tzitzit, even though it lasts, it still could fade. It's just, it wouldn't be as bad as the kaleilan, which in one second of just like water, it would kind of soak away. And it was pretty much, Mizuyaf, you would fake people out and trick them with the kaleilan. So that's number one. Number two, Rav Michael Baron, he actually, he actually went and did the test that the Rambam brings down. He actually has videos of it where he did the test using urine, et cetera, all the different things, soaps, and et cetera. And he says it passed the test, which is fascinating. What? But, but I, I again, me personally, I wear, oh, I wear, I don't really mind. I like this rush to do stuff that whatever it is, in the end, you're wearing, you're getting the misaf of 60. And if it happens to be that the resiner is right, or the mirror trunkless is right, or the other, I don't know if where you can buy the Cantina ones yet, I don't know. Actually, you can find them here in Florida. We should go one time with the other Habura group. Um, but I don't know how you extract it from that. But in the end, you're going to get the mitzvah if it's the mitzvah. And if it's not the mitzvah, you get the mitzvah of tzitzit. So it's all good for me. This is my own humble opinion. Of course, ask your local Orthodox rabbi before you decide to wear tzitzit. Okay. Uh, second question. Um, I remember seeing somewhere in, in Masechet Shabbat, it says that, um, that there's a machlok with regards to mel- the melacha, if a person... Um, catches the chilazon on Shabbat. Are they high of two things or are they high of one? Is it because of uh, Tzida and Mishum, I think, Dash, or right. Talush? Uh, or is it, uh, so the Gemara there, the Bavli presents it too, that you're high of Mishum, uh, because Tzida. both of the things, Tzida, yeah. yeah. And while, while, uh, while if you look at Talmud Yerushalmi, holds that actually there is no din of catching there. Then mamash that that actually there is no din of catching because it's it, mashma there's no din of catching because a snail you don't really catch you don't do sida you just pick it up off the floor you know so I thought that was actually a, a pretty good raya and normally when it goes to misora the talmud bavli is called like you know eretz achoshek they don't have good misora compared to the talmud uh, the talmud yerushalmi so I think I think that's a very valid proof you know against neged the the, um, the the what's it called uh, the cuttlefish. In all due respect. I hear there's, there's multiple proofs about the Hilazon of trapping it and even making nets for it. I think Rashi brings down the how to make nets for the trap, the Hilazon. Um, our Bavli, yeah, listen, we post like the Bavli in general for all things. So it's true, the Petir Tehelet group, uh, the Mu Shrunkless candidates, they, they answer up the Stira going more with the Yushami over the Bavli. But uh, again, the Rambam, um, it sounds like it's a fish, it's a dog, you know, and it's true. I think they bring down from the Gaon de Vilna in a Perush somewhere else. I forgot years ago when I was very into it that they bring down that uh, that he held that all things in the ocean are called Dag. You know, so therefore it's, it's still considered a Dag. The problem is that the Rambam uh, he should have he should have uh, gave us some more specification if it's not a Dag or at least the Gemara. It's not like it's a Dag. A fish. Fish is a fish. And the cuttlefish is still a stretch to be a fish, but it's more of a fish than a snail. I would assume. 
I, I hear you. My only problem with that is I think from a there's a difference between halacha versus archaeological perspective. You hear what I'm saying? Like, so it's hard Jack, to say. That, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. that's all. The archaeological also it's not so clear because you know everybody agrees that the Muir Strunkalists they would die, they would use it to dye things, but they would dye uh, argamon, purple, a beautiful. I forgot how you said it in English, a very nice royal purple. So that's another question: is that you know the the Gemara or somewhere in Hazal they should have told us that. Yes, the same dye, the same animal chilazon that you use for the for the purple dye, which was found throughout the Middle East, even until the late uh, 800s. I have an article that I'll share with you guys showing that the the, the Muir Strunkalus was used very common. It was in, until recent people were still using it to dye royal purple. Yeah. We should have known that you know uh, it's the same thing for the blue. You just leave it in the sun. Besides, another yeah. fact is that the 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 Muir Strunkalus, um, it doesn't. They, they say that it dye it in the sun. The invention was that in the sun it be, it becomes blue, but they still have to use a synthetic chemical to make it turn blue. They yeah, I, I proven I, that you can actually do it naturally. I okay, just saw that. Marcus Aurelius. He bemoans. Okay. Of what? Call me after Joshua, just in case. Okay, other sorry. Wanna... <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first I see Rabbi. What? How do you see the names? Elimelech. Huh? Elimelech. Rabbi Minaged, yeah. Rabbi Eli, what are you going to Yeah, say? Um, yeah. Quick question. Quick question. What So uh, we know the, the rabbi is giving the Andalusian rabbis the Morag, the, the Morakaim. Um, what is the rabbi? You know, Rav Mashash. Well, I know. You know, I grew. I grew up in Miami. I'm Syrian myself. But 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 you know, the Moroccans were uh, a big influence when I was growing up over there. So Rav Mashash, I found, was a much bigger name for Moroccan halacha and Moroccan minhag. And he has a he has a chuba I wrote towards the end of his life. Where he like basically very short and simple, like no way, not having it. The rabbis don't agree. The people don't agree. This is not the real thing. So I was curious the rabbi's opinion on that. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, I saw that tishuva before as well. Um, Rav Shadush, he is Moroccan, but he's not a classic Moroccan potek. I actually have this uh, sefer. Uh, rabbi, uh, it's actually great. I for all the Moroccan people here, it's Rabbi uh, Rabbi Shaul Azriel. And here he actually has a whole teshuvah. He's a close Talmud of Shalom Meshash, Rabbi Yosef Meshash. He's younger, but he's Talmud, I guess, in, uh, in, in theory. And he actually writes here, has a whole page showing that Rabbi Shalush is not a classic Moroccan Tosek, because if you, I don't know if you heard the previous uh, class that we gave, he doesn't really follow Maran fully. He's very easy to be cholek on Maran. So he's not a classic Moroccan Tosek, you're right. Um, the thing with me, I, my own personal opinion, is you first of all you do have some Moroccan rabbis that were wearing tefillin. Who was the Baba Sali? Actually, is here tonight. The Baba Sali's brother, Baba Haki. He would work tefillin. He would wear the Rezina Rabbi. Do you have a tefillet. source for that? Do you have a source for that? Because I've seen people yeah, quote uh, it, but I've seen people. I, I, I talked to his. I talked to his son about <laughs> it, and he, I told I first of all to be honest, to be transparent, I saw it on a Wikipedia page. The Baba Haki. I think it's on the. <laughs> I saw and then I saw his son. I saw it there uh, too. I saw it there, uh, and there's no source. And I saw a rabbi tape saying that he met the Razina Rebbe. It could have never happened. The years don't work out. It wasn't the right place. That's what I was actually curious. Oh, we spoke to the son. oh I don't know if he met it, but I asked uh, the Baba Haki's son. Actually, came to my in laws one, his house once, or was it the house or whatever. I met the Baba Haki's son. He's still alive. He's one of the youngest sons. And I told him, Is it true? Your father was the Helet of the Razina Rebbe? He says, Yeah. How'd you know about that? I said, I found a Wikipedia. He's like, Oh, I didn't really put it in, you know, publicly, uh, you know, announced it. So, the Baba Haki did. There's also Rabbi Rafael Verdugo, Torotemet. He has a whole teshuvah 
saying how he wanted to put Kale Ilan on his strings to be a zecher for the Mitzvah Tehelet. So I would assume that if he had some proper candidates of nowadays, he never saw the Reziner Tehelet you know, or the, the New York Struggle Tehelet, I think he wouldn't have a problem wearing the Tehelet. What's fascinating, I asked the son of Rav Shelush yesterday. His name is Rav Yehuda Shelush. He's the chief rabbi. He took the, the, the place of the father. Uh, I think he's the chief rabbi in Netanyahu. And I asked him about which Tehelet did his father wear. Because that Pashut, right? We just read a Tishuvah. For sure he's wearing Tehelet, right? Everybody would think that. <laughs> he said he didn't wear Tehelet. He just, like, he did it more for the Limud. He said, I don't know. I, I, I'm still perplexed about it, how he didn't wear Tehelet. Sounds like, you know, straight up that. Why not? You get a mitzvah deoraita. If you can wear the tehillit, maybe you're not even yosted the mitzvah. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but he didn't wear tehillit. I'll send you the recording on the WhatsApp chat if you guys want. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, the Moroccan rabbis, I, my opinion is, I don't think they did so much research on it, and they were more to me moot. Um, they said, listen, our midhai, we didn't have it in Morocco. We didn't accept the Red Rebbe's tehillit. And therefore, you know, we're not going to wear any new ones. We're going to wait for the Mashiach. And there's definitely a like I mentioned, a, a big hashpa'ah from the Kabbalah, from the Rizal, showing that why not to wear it. But the more Pashtanim type of uh, Rabbanim, they'll wear it. You know, Rabmeir Mazuz, one of the biggest, probably Amaya is the biggest party posek nowadays. He wears, he wears, I think on his Talit Katah, he wears all the time because he touched it in. And on Talit Kadol, he wears it only on Shabbat because uh, he says, you know, something new. He doesn't want to like scare people. But all his Talmidim, they're wearing it even on the Talit all day. So you have, it's a slow spread. And it's, uh, it's happening. But uh, again, the problem is, in, in my own humble opinion, I don't think the New York Strunk list is the, the proper Tehillit. And I'll show you guys why in that, uh, in that book that I'll send. Hey, Verdugo. Hi. Yes. Shalom Aleichem. Rafi Hecht. Okay, so, um, so, so, I actually, so I've actually done some research on Tehillit over the last uh, four or five years. Um, and just a couple of things about the chilazon uh, being the snail and not being the snail. Forget archaeology and science for, for a second. Um, I know that there are at least four or five shonim that actually write that uh, the chilazon means snail. Uh, we have, for example, the Yad Ramah. He actually, ta- he actually talks about, uh, he actually talks, talks about chilazonot, going, going, up, going up a hill, going up a mountain. And he says at the very end, Halzum. Halzum means snails in, uh, in Arabic. That's one source. Uh, we just said before, he hints, he hints at, uh, at, at, at being a chilazon because he, because he actually writes, uh, he actually writes that uh, the cracking the snail is it's like crack, it's like cracking nuts. Um, the only creature that, that I can think of required that you require to crack nuts would be so would be a word would be a tolat in a in a shell in a shell which would be a snail. That's number two. The cuttlefish oh. actually has a, a very hard shell that you have to crack, or at least you can remove it. Yes, and uh, another another one. This is one of my personal favorites. the Ravia, he doesn't actually spell it outright. That he's that he's saying that this is a that this is a snail, but he actually hints that not only is it the uh, not only is it a snail, but it's also the murex, because we actually have have Ktaviyat, Okay, he actually he actually uh, uh, quotes his Girsav Yershami in uh, in in Brachot and in, uh, in in um in Perka in Perka Polachabet. He actually writes Bishiakir Ben Tchelat Lavan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Bishiakir Ben Tchelat Karti. Right. Yemasai Korin Shema. 
right? And he also says, and he also said, okay, so it's fascinating because the word, because the word trisinan, even today, trisinos in Greek, okay, means, means green, means, means green, means uh, late green. So that's a direct translation for, 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 uh, for Karti. So therefore, Purfirin must be a direct translation for, for, for Tchelet. But what's fascinating is that not only is Purfirin translation for, for Tchelet, it also means that which is derived from Purfira. And Purfira, to this day in Greek, means, means, some means from the Murex, means the Murex snail. So it doesn't only just say that there's a snail, it's also the Murex. That's, that's the Rabia. Uh, the 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 the, the, Ibn, the Ibn Ezra actually actually says that um, he actually writes that um, he actually comments in um, in what you call it in in Te'ilim that 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 Shablu which we know is a snail is is also Gufodomeliam right which is fascinating because Chilazon is also Gufodomeliam and the fifth one I guess not from your shamlu I don't really say it's Domeliam um, especially I went you know, catching the Tehelet, the, the Tehelet group in Israel. And it doesn't look like, I mean, yeah, it grows like the mold or like it's the sand on top of it, but I don't know if the Yam. The Yam, you would think it's the Osh, the color, like the Ramam says, like the, the color of the Tehelet and the color of the, of the Chilazon, or the Yerushankalus is not the, in my right. opinion. So, right, so, right. So by, so by the way, one thing I know that, that, uh, that, that the Teal group uh, says it's a lot, but they actually have a source for is that is that um could also mean the seabed. And by the way, Herzog was not hundred percent clear on on if it meant if, on if it meant the color or if or if it meant the actual the actual goof. And for the goof you actually have sources in Yeshaya and uh, and Habakkuk that in a couple of places that uh they're 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 what you call that that goof they're sorry sorry that the goof de Meliam means it means the seabed in that case. But, but, but at any rate, I mean, uh... no, absolutely. I, I, you're, you're bringing up very good points. And don't get me wrong, the Petit uh, the New York Shankalist group, they're filled with tremendous Tamir Hachamim. Um, and I know they have answers for all, everything. Some answers they don't have. Um, if you actually listen to the shir from Rabbi Reisman on it, he has a very good shir on it. I, um, I, have, I, have, I, I have heard it, uh, also, but I would also suggest everybody else. I mean, he, he, Hear, hear the share from Rabbi Arizin. Yes, please. Uh, but also, yeah. the, also Rabbi Ari Leibowitz uh, referred to it. Uh, he said he just said a very good share. Plus, plus, plus there's a Chabuch in Lakewood, Rabbi Shul Barkin, Yisrael Rosenberg, and company. They've they've actually written a very fascinating tshuva on basically, on basically all Rabbi Arizin's points. Absolutely. And I'll also add, I'll send it to you guys want the Hebrew books for the um, the last page that I sent from the Shut Yam HaChokmah from Rabbi Morgenstern. And I think there he really gets into it why it can't be the proper. By, 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 the, by, the, way, and, yeah. by the way, sorry, sorry, you mentioned about Rabbi Morgenstern. So when I mentioned that, that he, he's probably the only person on the planet that I know that's actually that has actually won all three types of chilet. Okay, because yeah, because, yeah. because no, no, because because Doctor because Doctor Shaul Kaplan, who spent fifteen years in flames, uh, uh, researching researching the Janthina, uh, the Janthina snail, which which which, which was Rabbi Herzog's favorite. Um, he he was he was able to extract that, but he but it lasts for maybe a couple of days. So sorry, Morganson, when he found out about it, he got excited and he and he wanted uh, wanted Doctor Kaplan to to sell him to sell him a couple of sets. So so he did, but the, but it didn't last. So Ray Morganson, I know for a fact, and there's 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 uh, there's accounts there's accounts from from his uh, from his Talmudim, and also there's pictures. 
that he's that he's worn all three types. That's very nice. Yeah. So just to end off uh, on that, like uh, the mirror shrunk list for sure, it has pros. There's also cons to it. Uh, a big tie that I uh, have, and I'll show you in this article that a friend of mine wrote here in Miami, Rabbi Zafaria's wife, uh, sorry, Zafaria Holster. He uh, he writes that the problem is that the mirror shrunk list it was common throughout the Middle East, and even Jewish merchants were still actually selling the dye from the mirror shrunk list. So it's very hard to understand why the Misra lost. You know, it, it was gone. It's true. You could actually, the Perish Mishnayot that I read, and we just forgot how to dye it. You could actually read it in for a candidate for the New York Trump list or anything like that. So uh, you can read that in as a support that they still knew which it was. They just forgot the technique. But yeah, it's still hard. Um, and with the Rambam about the dam being black, it's hard with the New York Trump list. Being a fish, I hear, yes, it's true. I've seen uh, the different shatim. It's, it's, the style could be like a fish and different uh, rishonim hold it is. Um, but it's, uh, again, if we're going to take, at least in the Habura, we're, we're big fans of the Rambam. Uh, so within the Rambam, I don't know if it really works so well. That, uh, it, I mean, I mean, actually the way you understand the Rambam could, could, could be, could be understood many different ways. I'm not going to get into it too, too much, but first of, first of all, the New York's blood can actually turn very dark. It's very, I mean, that, that itself is a, I mean, Shachor. Right. could actually turn very, very dark. Shachor can mean, can mean dark. In some context. Yeah, that's not the symbol of the Rambam, is that the dam is actually black, fresh. And then it's not, their dye, it turns black after they dry it out and it's aged. It's not, you have to do some pill pool, you know? So that's, that's all. Uh, there if, are answers if, for if, everything. If you, extract, if you extract the dye, if you extract, extract the mirror shrunkless dye, it'll turn an incredibly dark purple if you don't touch it. So, so there is that. I mean, it, it, takes, it takes a couple of seconds to go, to go from, very, from very yellow to, to dark, dark purple, but it gets there. Just seconds, you're saying? A couple of seconds only and it gets dark? It takes like, it takes like maybe 10 seconds. He, it turns he, dark purple. There's, there's video footage of this, yes. Wow, okay. So I'm not trying to discredit no, it. No, no, I, I, I love it. Listen, we're, we're seeking the truth here. So I would, yeah, listen, I have most of my tech they're all from New York Trunk List. I would love it to, for it to be the I, real one. I, 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 I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I, I've, I've personally been wearing, been wearing New York's fit the last uh, four years. But at the same time, I, I try to be as objective as possible. I try to try to look at the candidates like you. I'm trying to find the truth. Right, um, and from what I see, it there's many different ways to, to understand the Rambam. There's many other ways to many different ways to understand the Simanim, and that's why you you end up having three candidates, and that's why Ray Herzog had two candidates, right? Because each one match each one match match Simanim if understood if understood a certain way. That's the, that's just how. I Beautiful, very nice. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot from it. Thank you. May I ask a question from the Rambam? Sure, Sorry, I, I had a question in, in Perek. I was just reading through the Rambam in Perek Bet Halacha Het. Uh, it says Talit Shehikula Aduma or Yeruka or Mishal Tzivonin or Sechutel Lavan Shalake En So you make if you have a Talit which is red or it's green, you make the Tzitzit the same color as the Talit, right? But he says Chutz Min Hashachor, except if it's black. Why? B'pnei Shuniraki Tchelat. So doesn't that show us that if you have something which looks like Tichelet, but it's not Tichelet, and you put it on, it's it, it's not a good thing? Um, I don't, yeah, it's not a good thing, you're right, but uh, I think that's talking about if your whole garment is, is, uh, is, is, uh, is black, you know, and therefore it's going to have to 
correspond. We're talking about the other strings besides the Tehele string. But if your garment's yeah, white... The, yeah, exactly. That's, what, that's what I mean. It says, it says the tzitzit cannot be shachor. You can't make them black. They're the actual strings. Because they look like Tehele, they'll make them look like Tehele. So right, doesn't so that, doesn't that mean you can't... String. Yeah, the white strings, make you can't make them black. Because it looks like Tehelet. So doesn't does that mean you shouldn't make your white strings look like Tehelet if it's not really Tehelet? Actually, I think the Brisker, maybe Mr. Heck can correct me, I think the Brisker brought this as a proof against the Tehelet, but uh, uh, I, I don't really see it because that's going off the other strings, but not the, the Tehelet string that's supposed to be Tehelet. You know, so if the Tehelet string is supposed to be Tehelet, that's not a problem. We're talking about here when you're wearing a garment, the sheet of Rambam, the garment has to be the same color as the, as the strings, or the string has to be the same color as the garment. Therefore, don't make those black because it looks like the blue string when you're having tahilit. So, but if you're just buying that tahilit string by itself, even if it's the wrong one, I mean, the Gemara says, Lo lavan. It's, we're just acting the white one. It's the Gemara I don't think the Ramam's, you know, going against what the Gemara said. It's talking about the other strings. Okay, understood. Thank you. Yeah, Azak, good question. Thanks so much, Rob. Um, very interesting. Um, just a quick question. I don't know if you might have covered it. Um, when there is in a um, Robert gave um, his version of the Tehillet, and then there was like a controversy. Um, what exactly was uh, most people's problem with his version of the Tehillet? So, Rev Shadush brought down a few of them. A lot of what they do, they brought down. He brought down about uh, the, the, we're not we don't know the right color. Um, a big one also that the Brisker Rab is that we don't know we don't have a Mistura for it, and you can't uh, you know you can't. Uh, uh, do things without misura. Uh, but that's no different. Huh? Sorry, it's no difference from the from the murex. As in, is there any reason yeah, not same. to? Oh, There's same, no reason not to. It would be the it. same. I think it's the, the same problems they had with the resiner they have with the with the murex trunculus. So the murex trunculus they're using the answers also for the with the resiner with uh, defect to defend himself. Yeah. Right. Right. So what's their reason for not wearing the resinas uh, tachelet? Uh, the first said is because it's it's not the the blue is not coming from the dye itself, rather it's coming as a uh, as an external the, the iron filings that are added to the dye that make it blue. So he said that it must be that the blue is coming inherently naturally from the the filazon. Which I think also the mirror trunculus. They have a moment too because they have, they have to add some synthetic colors to make it blue uh, instead of turn purple. That's according to Professor Corin. I think it is. I'll send you the. I'll send you guys the uh, paper that Rabbi also wrote. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think we'll end it over there. Thank you so much, Chacham, for that extremely insightful shiur. Thank you everyone for coming. And uh, we'll see you uh, for our next classes. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.